You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. You're listening to Inside Real Estate, your source for all things mortgage and real estate related. The show that brings you all the hottest topics and insights directly from those who know it most. Now sit back and enjoy the show. Yo, yo, yo. What is up? podcast people that listen to this stuff why are you staring at me <laughs> i don't know you look like, i don't know uh what's That's up everyone creepy paul Fasolakis, brad weisgerber and salvatore cusmano we are inside real estate stop looking at me with your, with your you're face looking like at me uh emphasizing my name in a weird way it's yeah i got like a seth from ice age look today <laughs> Who does? Oh, Jesus. Who the hell's that? google it man it's so funny uh, today we have a very special guest, and uh, I guess, sorry, uh, Mr. Matthew Stransky from Stransky and & Company and one of his cohorts, Mr. Ryan Knight with a K. Knight with a K, that's <laughs> right. Oh, What's that. up, guys? Good, man. How are you? Good. Really good. So today, today we're going to talk to these guys about uh, their- Fuck you. Whoa. Oh, did you look it up? Yeah. Did, you, did you Google it? Uh, uh, so today I, I want to talk to you guys. Obviously, you guys are, are running a really good business within Keller Williams. Uh, I kind of want to talk to you about your model, how you got started, um, you know, where you are today and what kind of where you, where you see yourself going. Um, I, I also want to kind of talk about what we see kind of going into the winter uh, mm-hmm. with, the, with the market. I think it's... Uh, it's a little choppy right now. Why are you smiling at me like that? I don't understand what you're doing. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's a great day to be alive. So. Amen. Salvatore, can you, Amen. you're next to him. Can you fix that? No. Come okay. on. Right. I can't fix that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, uh, Matt, let, let's start with you, man. Let's just go right into it. Uh, give me an idea. Like, I know that – so you and I kind of have a, a, a similar past. Mm-hmm. We, we were both at Quicken Loans, yep. right? And it's inter- always interesting to me when I see uh, old mortgage guys from, from that era going into real estate. There's, there's a few, and they, you know, sure. a, lot of, a lot of them are doing pretty well. So walk me through, you know, what happened in that period and how you ended up being in real estate. Sure. Um, well, I went the corporate route yeah. for a while, and that was a, a fucking disaster. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm definitely a, an entrepreneur. Yeah. Uh, when I went over to Quicken, you know, sharpened my skills, right? And I think that's what, uh, you know, that company does for a lot of us. Yeah. You know, you learn how to work hard. You're definitely not afraid of the phone. Um, so did that for a while. Um after about a year of it, quite honestly, I just had enough experience at that point. I knew I could make more somewhere else. Uh, went down to Arizona, started uh, selling new construction in like the shit of the market. I like showed up on day one all excited and everyone's like, you missed it, man. It's <laughs> over. <laughs> what, so, year you know, what year was this? Uh, God, what was that? Like 08? Oh, yeah. That was yeah, yeah. right in the shit of it. Best, best time and to be in real estate. Now, transparently, right? Arizona was a lot better than Michigan. So I guess it was perspective, but... Uh, rocked that out for a while, came back to Michigan uh, to get married. Congrats. And yeah, thank yeah. you, man. Nine years now. And uh, so when I came back, I was working for a staffing and recruiting firm. Um, quite honestly, it was the only job I ever had that I liked. Um, <laughs> okay. And making a real long story short, I met the CEO. Um, we did like a, a little training and stuff like that. I became kind of butt buddies with this guy. The whole time I'm calling my wife like, shit, I'm going to be vice president in like three weeks, man. <laughs> uh, got back on Monday and was fired on Wednesday. Wow. Damn. So um, – Why were you fired? Honestly, it's uh, – what, what did you do? Well, when I went in – when I got called into the office, right? Yeah. You know, my guy was lighting me up, my my boss at that time, saying I made everyone look stupid. 
Um, he, we're both athletes. So he's like, you're a fucking practice player. And I'm like, whoa, I don't know what you're talking about. I got wait, more wait, 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 made you look stupid because you're with that CEO and kind of hanging out with him. Yeah. And what it was is it was a small company. I was the 25th person hired. Yeah. Um, they were really building the process and what the CEO did at that time, a guy named uh, Bobby Herrera, um, he basically came to us in the summer, um, just about the time I was hired. And he said, all right, in December, you know, we're going to fly you guys out to Seattle. We're going to test you on all these statistics. Um, you're going to role play all this stuff. Um, well, the person I am, man, I'm either all in or all out. Yeah, so, man, yeah. I, you know, I was studying. I was role playing. I was reading the books. Um, not not just for that guy. I mean, just to, to yeah, kind of master knowledge. the yeah, trade. Yeah. And uh, I got in there in December and, you know, talking about quick and right, you know, all the role playing you do, yeah. the hot seats. Yeah. Um, these guys, my boss included, I mean, some of the worst shit I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Just know? bad skills. Yeah, bad skills, right. yeah. no questions, all information dump. We were a minority-owned firm. Um, and that was kind of a lead in a lot of times. But, I, you know, I think a good salesperson is going to save that for the end, right? Mm. They just led with it. This guy, and it was awesome. I loved him. Uh, I mean, he's MF and everyone in there. This is ridiculous. And um, and then in that first day, me and him kind of connected. I think I'd kind of proven, you know, who I was and Your what value. I could do. Yeah. Uh, I'm a jiu-jitsu guy. He was a boxer. So he had like all these connections. Um, and like I said, I mean, I, I really did. I, I thought I was going to be vice president in no time. Moved back. Like I said, got canned. Um, and then at that point, man, I, I'd been through some rough goes already, like corporately, not a real good political guy, still not. Yeah, you um, didn't play the game well, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, honestly, and you know, just being transparent, right, I'm like crying on the way home. I'm about to get engaged, all this types of shit. And I was like, you know what, man? <laughs> Fuck everybody. You know, I'm like, I, yes. I'm, I'm going to do things myself. Yeah. Um, the way I got into real estate was uh, um, my dad and my mom gave me a, a book in high school okay. called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah. Um, long story short in that, I, I could have played baseball in college, decided not to, never read a book. I was never a student or anything. My dad gave it to me. Uh, I read that book in like two days, which, you know, was pretty. Uh, That's a lot of reading. Too. Yeah. yeah. It's like especially pages. in high school yeah. or after you got kids. Yeah. Uh, just just out of high school. So I, I was I guess really I was a freshman. So this book created something and like had yeah. a seed in you. right? So yeah. so when I read the, the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, it was all about investing. Mm -hmm. it, it talked a lot about how school wasn't for everyone. And literally at that moment, I, I swear to God, I, I said, you know what? I'm going to do this come hell or high water. I'm going at it. Yeah. So um, fast forward, uh, I jump into real estate. I worked at a, a smaller place right there in Royal Oak. Okay. Uh, my first year, I did like 52 leases and I sold two houses and it was the best fucking time of my life. Just so uh, everybody knows, uh, yeah. an agent that does a lease, there's not a, as much money in that. I avoid them at all costs. Yeah. You know, now <laughs> yeah, I, I grew and, you know, yeah, was eligible yeah. for that. Yeah. Um, but I, I did that. Um, at that time, and again, this is 08, you know, end of 08. So a lot of foreclosures, a lot of short sales. Um, through being a realtor, right? Obviously, you're exposed to a lot of opportunities. I found a couple houses that were fit. Um, bug my mom and dad. We got to buy these. We got to buy these. We got to renovate them. Um, my dad and my brother are millwrights by trade. Okay. So super handy guys. Um, my parents and you know I don't I come from pretty humble beginnings. Uh, kind of took a leap of faith out. Right. Bought a house on Fourth Street right here in Royal Oak. 
Uh, Which back then, by the way, so everybody knows, Royal Oak was just, you know, it was good, but it's not where it is today. And Royal Oak, for national listeners, it's like, it's become a really hot, like a really hot market. Very, very unique place to yeah. invest your money. Yeah, um, back, especially back then. Yeah, yeah. I, I should have bought every fucking house. Yeah, I <laughs> right. Um, but I got in, I got in, we, we started doing that house. I, I was a realtor, but like I said, I, I wasn't really, you know, generating a whole lot up to that point, just, just hustling. And I was that idiot. Like, you know, I would change a couple paint colors on a wall and lay out 60 <sighs> pictures. And But what happened, it started to organically grow. Yeah. And people were reaching out to me, hey, man, you know, can you help me do this? And hey, man, you're a realtor. And being honest with you, then I started making some commission and I'm like, this is fucking awesome. So you got something, right? Yeah. You're like, I can actually do this. And what I really yeah. loved about it versus mortgages is – um you know, I wasn't necessarily selling something. I, w- I was truly service oriented, mm-hmm. you know, taking care of people. Um, Which is a difficult transition, actually, because you know, f- for me, when I was at Quicken, and, and you guys know this, when I did leads, Brad, you knew this. Like, I, you know, it's really about selling and hammering people mm-hmm. and, and getting the commitment. Close right? hard. Close hard. Mm-hmm. And then you get in a, in a, in a relationship based industry. I had mm-hmm. to like learn how to be a human on some level. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like, for sure. like, I, I failed at that. Well, I think that, Shut up. that people, <laughs> to your point, right? Like, uh, I saw my business really take off when I had the ability to actually help people. Yeah. Sure, right? And not just give them what, like a mortgage or, the lowest rate or whatever, when I was like, hey, man, don't do that. Right. Take this money, put it yep. there, do this, we're going to do this. Actually advising. Taxes, whatever. Yeah. Help someone get a mortgage and finance it in the best way possible for their life and like manage their debt. Exactly. That's when people are like, this guy's a shit. Yeah, you you're, you're, you're a pro. It's crazy how that yeah. works because it, it seems like <clears throat> such an easy thing, but it's not. But any sale is easier when you actually – Tell people what they need to know. Well, when you truly believe in what you're selling, right? Because yeah. it's up more authentic and you really care about what you're doing. So it, I think it comes the through. difficult yeah. thing about mortgages is just all the rules, right? Yeah. Like you got to figure out how to navigate those in your head. And it takes probably a lot longer for someone to really like. I would not want to step back in your world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're a little regulated right now. It's sure. a little bit. Yeah, it's a little bit. Sure. But I'm actually into regulation. I don't want it to get deregulated. Yeah. I, I can't go backwards. You don't have to fucking yeah. deal with it. Yeah. But, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but that that was the transition, right? And and I loved it. And then uh, how I kind of started to grow the team, um, you know, worked my ass off a few years, right, as a single agent, um, blessed, right? Things were kind of growing. So when you mm-hmm. say work your yeah. ass off, just to, let's quantify that. What did you do? Like, because a lot of people are like get into the industry, and the mm-hmm. Ryan, you okay? Yeah, I Uh so you know they they get into the industry and they really don't know what to do. They get a you know sure. book and a phone and they're like, Well sure. now what? So how, what what did you do? Yeah, great great question. Uh I ran from every fucking shiny object that okay. real estate had. Yeah. Um I think and again this goes back to being fortunate enough to kind of be raised and quicken. Um it's about contacts, right? It's about conversations. Early in the game, you have to talk to every human possible. Correct. Um, that's what I did. Going back, like you guys were saying about the relationship, um, I was pretty fortunate. I, I had a good mentor at that time. Um, and he said, there's two ways in this business when you start. You can go fast and hard and burn everyone. And then eventually what happens is you burn out because you can't find enough people to fuck over. That's right? Hate Terrible. It's good. Uh, it's the good. second in, in the more sustainable, right, and the good human way is to treat people right to create relationships. Like you guys are saying, I can't tell you how many times I tell people, no, you're not buying this house. Yes. Um, and then over time it started to organically grow right now. Uh, I got to the point where I couldn't service everyone at the level that, that they deserve. You know, like we were talking about the uniqueness of Royal Oak. Yeah. At that time you had to get out and see a house within an hour. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, and I couldn't do it. So, um, you know, I'm kind of scrambling around. I had a friend that was a little further ahead of me that started kind of building this team. At that time, I had already moved over to Remax. Um, and I had a friend, my first hire, who's still with us now, Randy Hambright. Shout out. What up, Randy? Uh, yeah. Randy well. And me and him were sitting around. He did insurance. And uh, he's like, man, I hate this shit. And, you know, <laughs> and I'm sitting there, you know, kind of venting a little bit like, man, I, you know, I, I haven't slept. I, yeah. I still have shit to do. I got EMDs in my trunk. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was a, it was a nightmare. Right. And at that point we kind of decided, all right, let's team up, man. So he yeah. stopped insurance. Um, he joined me within about 15 minutes. I realized I'm fucked. I have, I have no idea <laughs> how to, how to train this yeah. guy mm-hmm. to, you know, to do all these things. Um, and that's actually what led me to Keller Williams. So, um, a, a good book that one that I always really hold true to still in flipping world is, uh, flipped. And I knew who Gary Keller was. I'd read all the books and stuff like that. And my friend had made the jump over there and started building what is now a pretty mega team. Yeah. And that was the conversation I had is, look, come here, plug in, get the systems, get you, the procedures. The value is there for that. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So I made the jump there, um, you know, went from a team of three in like a fucking closet um, to now, you know, a team of seven full agents, one girl on the back end, two part-time agents. So that's, that's awesome. kind of the journey. It, it grew out of necessity, um, but it also grew out of challenge. Like I uh, – I was kind of getting bored. I'm, I am in wrong or right. Uh, you know, when I feel I've mastered something or, you know, I feel good at I, I kind of want to go to the next thing. And um, that's what I saw. So now the challenge is to do it through other people, mm-hmm. um, you know, to build mm-hmm. something not only for myself, but for other people. Uh, and, you know, so far, so good. That's awesome. So mm-hmm. uh, going to Ryan, how are you, Ryan? I know you I'm haven't talked well. much yet. No, yeah. appreciate it. Uh, so Ryan, I mean, we knew Ryan before he was on your team. Mm-hmm. Uh, before he was an agent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, a friend I, of a friend and, and I've, I, I've it's wa- fun watching him. Yeah. I've, I personally like watch Ryan kind of go through this like struggle and he's and he really trying to find himself in the in the real estate game. And and you you mm-hmm. personally seem like you're you're very happy and you're doing much yeah, better yeah. Uh, um, in this environment that you've created, uh, which is really awesome. awesome. Yeah, hundred percent. So my journey was a little bit different, obviously. But um, no, I started out. I got out of the military, um, became a nurse, and I was a nurse for like two years. Um, loved it at first, but um, kind of the same thing. I found myself getting bored mm-hmm. and wasn't challenged the same way. And um, um, you know, anytime you're not challenged sort of mentally, you sort of start to you check rock, out, you know, yeah, yeah. You check and, out for sure. And so I knew I needed to do something else. Um, took a chance and, uh, got my real estate license, jumped right in, struggled, struggled. I hard. watched you struggle. Oh man. Um, he'd come up, is, he'd come up to our office. It is not what they show on TV. He would <laughs> like, he would do when you lose that first opportunity that you get. You know, it's like, man, yeah. this is a, and you work so hard for yeah. it, right? You yeah. you turned over so many rocks. You yeah. finally get one. You're at the plate, right? And they're like, we're mm. going with Aunt Millie or the big guy in your office or whatever. You're like, fuck, right? Yeah, right. Oh, I can yeah. I can you speak know? to that. He, uh, man, you had a first first couple months that were uh, tough, like yeah. mentally. I mean, he was doing all the right things, but yeah, things were falling off, but. He plowed through. Yeah, it's it's uh it's funny though too. Like once you get a little bit of traction, kind of like you said, Sal, and then uh, Brad as well, um, you can lose focus really quickly, especially being really new. You get busy, you take your foot off the yeah, gas. You yeah. lose focus it's and really lose like do, what yeah. you're the reason you're there. Yeah. Um. So once if you maintain that focus, at least for me, is uh you know the purpose is to help these people through 
what's probably going to be the biggest financial transaction of their life mm-hmm. um, and just be there for them and, and uh, y- you know, show them it's not about the commission. Um, it's kind of funny because they say that uh, nursing is the most trusted profession in the world. Sure. Real estate agents is actually the least. Uh, I'd say so mortgage, I mortgage that, loan that. officers are, are ahead of you on that one. But yeah, well, right. well, what's, well, what's yeah. shitty is millions of people pay 6% to sell their home annually, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe a million. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But that 6%, think of the, the varying experiences, right? Sometimes it is just the guy like, fuck you, pay me, fuck you, pay me, right? And then other times it's, like you said, like maybe someone's first deal, they care so much about it. Maybe it's just a good human taking care of them. And it's it's funny because, you know, while they're the least trusted and for a good reason, right, you kind of understand mm-hmm. that to a degree, but like um, they're still going to pay it, yeah, right? right. So mm-hmm. like why not like get the better experience? The right, that, right, right. Well, exactly. they'll say, hey, this guy took care of me. You can pay him 6% to sell your house too. Right. Well, that's, that goes back to like what he said was you can either go hard and fast and screw over everyone and burn out mm-hmm. or you can do it the right way and, and build a sustainable you know what? You know what's warped <sighs> on that? And I, I honestly <laughs> went through this about a, a year ago with a guy that was on our team. Um, I was fortunate. When I, when I came out of college, I interned for a guy named Bob Bolin, uh, a company called PreviewProperties.com in Brighton, and they were doing mm-hmm. large land assemblage. It was, it was a freaking nerd's dream. Uh, I had the highest respect for realtors. I was around the best of the best in the beginning. It wasn't until like literally seven years later when this guy came on the team. He's like, you know, everyone thinks we're pieces of shit. And I'm like, <laughs> really? Like, I, I never had that feeling. Yeah. I never had that, which was which was bizarre. Now, after working with enough of them, I'm like, oh, OK. But look, the, look, the took, reality, took unfortunately, we're, not, we're in a high margin field. Uh, and the and the, it's so so crowded with a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. The reality is, in my opinion, eighty percent of the people that do either mortgages, um, real estate, they kind of suck. They sure. you know they're either new, they don't totally understand. And even if you're new, it's fine if you if you're good, right? Mm-hmm. But a lot of these people, like they're just they, they look at it as a transaction. They're sure. they're looking looking at just grabbing as much cash as they can and moving on. Yeah, I I from an early age was it was driven into my head. My dad would always say. There's three types of whores. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, buckle up. Realtors, lawyers, go. and politicians. They're all trying to fuck you. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, that's literally what he told me, like, uh, when I was 10 years old, right? And, like, right. then I got into it. Oh, yeah. mortgages, huh? You get to work with a whole bunch of whores. Sounds fun. I'm like, yeah, look. Right. It, but then I, now it's like. The good, the good now my dad's like, hey, you know a realtor I could call? Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. the, the good part now, though, where the market's headed, it's going to weed a lot of them out. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, well, good, the great purge. Yeah, and I think that's to Paul's point about the regulation, right? Like deregulation allows a lot of people who are CD and C an opportunity to potentially like uh, take advantage of people, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Versus like, man, this shit's hard. I think it's you hard guys, to do a mortgage. I think you guys right? are, are going to get regulated pretty soon. I think, oh, sure. I think oh, regulations yeah. coming your way. I think uh, ne- next administration, if it if it isn't a Trump or whatever, when the next one that isn't a Trump administration, potentially, you guys will see some regulation because it just there's just too. Well, you got that lawsuit out there lingering, right? Yeah. It's still going on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, whatever. There's I like regulation. Yeah, I mean, I like it. I want it though. I, yeah. You can if you know how to navigate the rules and yeah. you do things the right way. That'll only to be candid. We wouldn't have to change much. Yeah, I mean, no, because you, yeah, you're a high good sound. Right. as long as you do good work, you're fine. I mean, yeah. I always thought that, but it, it, but I want the bar to be raised, the For barrier sure. of entry to be higher to do this profession. Because I'd rather 
be one of the elite and looked at as respected as opposed to just be watered down and competing sure. with just shit all the what time. What I think is funny, I'm, you know, I wish I had both sides of the perspective like, like you do, right? Like mm-hmm. I've never sold real estate, but like on our end, we, to a degree, I know it's hard, right? Like after doing this for some time, but sure. I remember when I first started, I'm like, Fuck those guys. <laughs> they have it made. They got yeah. a four or five page piece of paper and then they yeah. just hand it to us and it's done. But you don't see the legwork that yeah. goes in before the inspections or this or that, right? Which it's, is which is also why a lot of consumers have a bad rap for realtors because they don't understand totally. that high commission. Well, what did you do for me? If, right? they don't totally. get if they it. found the house on Zillow and show it right. to their agent or something, they show yep. and write the contract. I mean, I, I guess I get that part of it. But nonetheless, I mean. The easiest, the easiest part. Is showing houses that I mean, mm-hmm. and I can understand why the consumer sees that. Oh, they're turning doorknobs, you know. But no, it's it's a negotiation. It's, uh, it's the contract. Yeah, it's but the it's, it's also the uh, well. Do they feel hopefully like, the experience? Yeah. Do they feel like the, you're just turning a doorknob? If yeah. so, you're probably not doing a good job. Exactly. If you're like, listen, this house is sweet, but I saw one down the street. Yeah. Like, or hey, man, knowledge. don't buy this. This is yeah. jacked up. Or hey, man, um, let's get the pipe scoped because you know there's there's issues with that, and all of a sudden you find an issue and save them thousands of dollars. Sure. Now, now you now you built, you know not, you didn't just want the sale; you made sure they had the right sale for them. Exactly, but the the back end is where there's so much work. A- after you negotiate the deal, that's mm. tough, right? You got to come from a place of power, knowing what you're talking about. Yeah, you know, to drive things down for the client. But it's the back end. I mean, there's so much shit going on. You guys know. Title, I mean, to close it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're really problem solvers. I think, uh, and I think as a team, we do our mm-hmm. best to really show our clients the work we do do. Um, it's kind of the do. realtor's fault. The realtors are the ones that aren't explaining what they're doing. So I think that's why that's there's a, biz, a, a big disconnect. That's a really know? good point. Well, um, we're we're happy and we're proud of how hard we're working for our clients. So we're. We are letting them know yeah. what we're doing. What I think really brings the whole thing full circle is when an agent has people they can trust and refer that client to, right? Mm-hmm. Mortgage, inspector, yep. sewer guy, whatever, right? Title company even, right? Like mm-hmm. all that plays into a good experience for this client, right? Because sure. when you can communicate, it's like easy. Sometimes yep. we work with a random agent. I'm like, bro, I need that fucking addendum. <laughs> like. It's been two weeks of me yeah, hounding for you for sure. this addendum. We won't close without it. <coughs> and, by, and by the oh, way, my bad. Right? No, that's not even my and bad. And vice versa. I'm sure there's have, LOs that like you guys I call. I have a like, million dollar deal going right now. It is insane how low level this agent is. And I always joke with the guys. It's kind of like high school, man. So you get into a group project. You got seven people. <laughs> right. <laughs> two of them carry the weight. Yeah. The other five are jack offs. Everyone gets an A. Yeah. And there it is. Well, mm-hmm. this is no different, you know. And I coach my team and especially the back-end girl, um, don't don't complain. Just do the job. Mm-hmm. We're going to carry this it. low turd yeah. right to the finish line. <laughs> but it's because it's the best thing I can do for my client. Right. I don't even get frustrated anymore. But what I do get is when I do run across a good agent, I appreciate them. Um, and I'll tell you what, you know, and this is where I think the agent matters is – when we're negotiating and I get deals in and they're from a strong team or agent, that is something I'm communicating to my sellers or my buyers Yeah, because it's about getting it closed. Um, candidly, I mean, even on some of the own houses that I built and sold, I've taken less of an offer to work for a, with, with someone I know that's going to get it done. Right. So there's, there is. There's a uh, – there's a gap there. We've always – we've got <laughs> a pretty a good analogy and it's like getting on a plane, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, man, we're flying to Alaska, Right. You can get on this beautiful 747, all decked out, new, serviced. 
it'll get you there. Cost mm-hmm. a, ticket costs more money, right? Mm-hmm. Or you want to get on this little biplane, right? Fucking John Denver. Like, <laughs> what what are the yeah. chances Mountain. that this plane's yeah. going to land? And even when we're pre-approving yeah. someone, like, hey man, yeah. this has like a eighty percent chance of of closing for sure. You know, I, I, there are some unknowns. Do you want to get on this plane? Yeah. You know, yeah. Do you want to get on a plane that has an 80% chance of landing. Yeah. Those are bad odds. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. if it, if, well, if, one out of five it, chance. Because failure is so catastrophic in that in that scenario. I always say to my, like, you know, if you pre-approve someone, you better close that deal. For sure. Right? Because if, you, if that person thinks they're buying a house two weeks into the process or three weeks in, they got moving trucks in, their family's all set up. Oh, yeah, I missed something. It's not closing. That is so, like, I always say, if, if that plane isn't going to land, you don't get on the plane for sure, right? So yeah, um, run just, from the plane. Yes, <laughs> do not get on the plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Ryan, I mean, you do have an interesting perspective, obviously. So you struggled, struggled, struggled. Right. Um, uh, what was the difference when you came on the team that kind of you feel that kind of got you over that hump? Yeah. Um, honestly, uh, I had no idea what I was doing. So I was that agent that came in, got their license. Um, I know, and I saw thought it, it was yeah. like, well, yeah, you know, I saw, it. <laughs> um, you know, thought it was something other than what it actually sure. was. So for me, it was, um, finding the right place and then finding a great mentor. Yeah. Um, you know, Matt's got a great thing going. Um, and, uh, so does Keller Williams. So going through that education process, learning how to be a follower. Yeah. Um, cause I'm naturally kind of that person that just wants to run right out front. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Throw the directions out. ID. I'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, but uh, once I allowed myself to kind of sit there, become a follower, a learner, be patient, follow the system um, that he's kind of got set up. Um, and once I did that and, again, had the focus of coming from a perspective of helping people as opposed to let me get my first deal. Yeah. You know? Changes and, everything. Yeah. yeah. It changes your perspective in a way that um, it just – you know, opens the door. I, I, it's almost. I will tell you something, man. It, it is because I'll be fully transparent. Ryan, I would see Ryan sometimes. He'd come up to our office and he just looked fully defeated. Oh, sure. Uh, absolutely fully defeated. And, but like, what I loved about it is. I don't see that anymore. No, not only that, is right. like, like, a lot, that would have broke most people. For they would have sure. just walked away, dude. For sure. And he was like, I, you know, there were some times where he thought about walking, but he was like, no, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And it was a long road. And, I, and I'm really happy to see that you Thanks, are man. actually. Appreciate it. Appreciate yeah. It. He, look, he's a great agent. He, yeah. I mean, he's going to do great things. What is interesting for me on my perspective, you know, seeing some people come and go, it is. It's always in the beginning, man. Yeah. Because I think when you get that license, you think that license actually gives you six figures. Right away. You know, that's just yeah. kind of what it, what yeah. you think, you yeah. know. That's just the acceptance letter to school. And yeah. I think it's what like, you we know, really, I got the yeah. Bowflex in my exactly. garage. Like <laughs> one thing I hear that a lot of successful people say like down the road, right, like the the Kobe's, whatever, mm-hmm. I became a student of the game. Yeah. Right? Like you have to – you can't be too uh, – not humble, I guess, to Ego. say like I need to be – a student of the game and learn it and understand it. You do have to learn from others. Being right? humble is important. Yeah. Well, and in in Ryan is is literally the living example of it because um, we kept walking through. He did. I mean, right out of the gate, I think he had a couple, you know, ready to go that fell apart. Um, he was on a roller coaster, you know. But like what we try to stress to our guys, and I'm, I think I'm more transparent than most team leaders sure. is that. Look, man, you're building a business. Yeah, you came here. The opportunity is more flush than if you were by yourself. But you got to build a foundation. Regardless, yeah. You know, and if you're in, – and for anyone that's listening that's going to start to get in the business, if you're chasing your money your first year, 
you're, it's, it's very unlikely, one, you're going to hit it, and two, you're going to burn out. But if you really look at this long term, you know, three years, four years, five years down the road, it's actually a short amount of time to make a shitload of money. You're never going to make that in corporate. But you have to look at it. You are building a business. The, this uh, analogy I always give these guys, we're a wrestling team. We have one logo, right? We fly under the Stranskin Company flag, but we're individual owners. These guys have got to go out there and build their business. Yeah, I can flood them with leads. Mm-hmm. I can get them tools. I can get them this. Uh, it's on them. And what was really fun and, and cool about Ryan, um, we do a thing called the disc. Um, high D. I'm, I'm 99D. This guy's 99D. Um, and candidly, and you know, I told him when we hired him, you know, most people wouldn't hire a guy like him. And the reason for it is just like he was saying, he's a driver. You know, he he wants to kind of figure it out on his own. Mm. And what was fun for me, you know, kind of kind of helping him along is, you know, I kind of observed that pretty quickly. Um, so I'd give him some ideas. Hey, what do you think about this? What do you think? And, you know, he'd sometimes veer off the other way and, you know, sometimes maybe he'd, he'd hit the head on the well, wall. I thought and I, I, thought I immediately knew how to do it better. You, yeah. you, you had to burn, get, get your hand burned. Like someone could tell you that stove's hot. You're like, ah. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm yeah. good. He put your head on it, But right? what, what was great about him and it's what he said and I think, again, why, why the sky really is the limit for him is that um, he bought in. You yeah. know, and yeah. but as a leader, I had to kind of let him run out a little bit, get a little wet, yeah. you know, come back and dry him off. But he uh, he does all the right things, man. You know, a lot of people that come in this, you know, a lot of people have did have some success in their first year. That's great. But the reality is that first year, usually I always tell people in sales, you got to give it a full year because yep. that first year survival for sure. Absolute survival because you're learning, you're trying to learn and implement, learn and implement, learn and implement. Mm-hmm. And it's very difficult to master your craft in like six months. It's just not going to happen. For and sure. you got to build a book. So if you're going to get into any industry where you, you have to build a business, no matter what business it is, you're not going to have a successful business within the first six months. No. It just doesn't happen. Very, very rare. Very right. rare. So what's odd too, like, I don't know. If this is just like some weird like universe shit, but like <laughs> mm-hmm. for me, like things really do come in waves. Yes, it's like the yes. same fucking it's problem, crazy. random problems. Yeah. Like, hey man, I have like four deals across the state, mm-hmm. not just like in one area that all require flood insurance. It happened to me like uh, in a yeah, week. Yeah. I'm like, what the yeah. fuck? <laughs> yeah. But I learned right. I found mm-hmm. a surveyor. She went out. She moved flood insurance on three or that four of them. Blah mm-hmm. blah blah. Or and with agents, sometimes like, dude, I had like five. Low appraisals this week, sure. you know, or five bad inspections or whatever. Happen, yeah. It's like, but we, at the same we, time, well, we teach in, in, uh, you talked about Kobe, like a, as a team, we are infatuated with the book relentless. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, in there and in, in real quick, relentless, uh, was written by Tim Grover, who was the trainer to Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade. Um, in there, I mean, if, if, if you're hungry and aggressive, read that book, but in there, I laugh and it's what we try to preach is you're not allowed to have emotions. If if you're a businessman or woman, unemotional. Nobody gives a fuck you, about your emotions. You, all yeah. you worry about is solutions and getting that mm-hmm. client what they need. You're you're not allowed to feel, you know, because those are kind of feel things. Oh, my appraisal came in low. Who right. gives a fuck? Nobody you know, cares. Oh, the, you know, the house inspection was who gives a fuck? Yeah. Right. You know, because yeah. if in I think when those things come, if you approach it the other way of, okay, this is fucked up. How do I fix it for them? Um, what is the right advice? Should we bail on the house? Should we go back? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's yeah, you can't have emotions, man. Emotions no, make you weak. Talk, right. You can't. You just got to roll. I mean, there's if you spend time 
lamenting or just wasted time. So, yeah, yeah, it's not going to do anything. No, no. So no. The problem's still going to be there. I mean, it's a, the only person I've gotten can, way better. The only you person have, who can really have. have emotions is the client, for sure. Yeah, right. Rightfully so. Everything else for us is like, I don't want to say it's a job, a career, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But like, we have a job to do. But right? I think, and that, and that's actually a really good point too, because what I see right now, like going on with sellers, is there's so many weak agents that can handle or manage the their clients' emotions. And their own. And, and yeah, both. But oh, but yeah. I think a good consultant, a good realtor is going to help that person, that client who is emotional, get them to stable ground. The reason stable ground is so important is, man, there's a lot of money flying around. you know. So we try to even help eliminate that motion for right. them. Yeah. Um, it's always going to be an emotional purchase or sell for sure. But I think, again, you got to help you curtail can, that. You can feed so much into one emotion for a client, whether it's good or bad mm-hmm. or whatever, by the the way you deliver news, the way you talk about for things. Sure. I had an appraisal come in low on a, someone's second deal around, right? Mm-hmm. It came in 5K low. Mm-hmm. Well, it appraised at the 5K higher before, which was the contract price. Sure. This fucking listing agent calls me yesterday and is just blowing me up. This is bullshit. But I'm like, mm-hmm. get me comps. Yep. Get me this. Do this job. Send it to me and I'll get it in. Exactly. And they'll look at it. Right mm-hmm. or yeah. they won't. My exactly. buyer's like, I don't even give a shit. I'll pay the five k over. Sure, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. funny. It's how you handle, it. handle it. Yeah. yeah, and if you come into well a nervous done. situation, you're like, ah, it's gonna freak people out. Yeah. So uh, that's super interesting. So you've you've had a long road. So where do you see the the, the yourself going? I mean, obviously we're going into the winter. You, you're building a good team. Mm-hmm. Where do you want to be? Like, what, what's what's the future hold? Sure, and talking long term, right? Yeah. Um, interesting question. So. I have a little different perspective on the whole team concept. Um, my my goal, my mission is to run the leanest, most profitable team that's out there. Um, without naming names, you'd be surprised. Some of these mega teams and mega agents, a lot of them are negative mm-hmm. at the end of the year. Yeah, uh, I don't want to be that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, my my goal, my dream is everyone on my team is at least six figures. That's including the girls on the back end and on the front end. Um, I'm a Navy SEAL junkie. You know, I love Jocko and all that shit. Yeah. And as I started building my team, um, it makes sense, right? Navy Navy SEAL teams are usually eight to ten, you know, man platoons. And the reason for it is, is that a, for an effective leader, you know, they can only really lead eight to ten people. Um, and then I think in my my eyes, right, I want to be kind of that specialized person, right? Yeah. Because what do you see in a lot of the, the big teams is there are, there's 30, 40 agents, 10 of them are really carrying the weight. Maybe, um, maybe 10, or, yeah, 10 of yeah, them yeah, are probably the only that. people you really want to be working with. Right. So what I envision on our team is about that, about 10 to 11 agents, but that are all studs. Yeah. Um, and there's so much turnover on these teams. You know, sadly, and my coach Sherry always yells at me, we've never really had enough turnover. Uh, you know, sadly, we've we've carried some people that maybe we shouldn't have. That happens. Yeah. Um, but the the thought is still the same. You know, mm-hmm. if we can get them in there, get the right people, um, produce some balance in the life. You know, give them relief in the paperwork and stuff like that. I think the team will will last a lot longer if everyone's happy. You know, so um, that's my goal. Where where my and and now I'm speaking selfishly. Um, you know, where I'm looking forward to, quote unquote, receiving my payday is about 35 or 40 million. Um, that's where I'll start kind of seeing the the profits of, you know, what I pushed out. Yeah. Um, once it goes past that and what's cool and Ryan's included, you know, we have we have a really strong team now and there's a lot of leaders on there. You know, the, if these guys want to take it further, you know, than 40, 45 million. Cool. 
you know, let's game ball or let's game plan, you know, I'll fund it. Um, but that in my, in, in my eyes, I want to be around 40 or 50 million, really lean, um, and everyone making money, not Mm -hmm. just some of us, all of us. That's interesting because most mm-hmm. people, they want that mega team. They want to have as many yeah, agents as Yeah, let's get possible. so much co-marketing. We got a $10,000 spend. We'll <laughs> yeah. hire anyone. But look, I, I uh, you know, small fish in a big pond, but I, I build houses. I invest and, I, you know, I, I can't make sense of that concept. I can't. And, um, you know, to each their own. But I'm also not a very egotistical dude. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's in there. I, I suppress it, so to speak. But um, – you know, I don't, I, I don't get a kick out of telling you guys I have seven agents and, right, right, you know, right, I right. mean, there's guys here that that's all that matters. You know, they mm-hmm. want to be on fucking chocolate bars and, <laughs> and billboards, you know, I, uh, true, true story. So when I really started getting deep into this, the Stransky uh, I, <clears throat> Rocky road, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, uh, I coach with a woman named Sherry Swift, who's awesome over at Swift transitions. I've been there, gosh, maybe five years now, but. I approached and came into this business as an investor. So when I see real estate, and I still see it this way, it's ones and zeros. Um, when I got there and I started building my team, I, I and I'm being honest, I realized how lame this shit is. You know, like uh, these mailers and yeah, chocolate bars and billboards and all this stuff. And honestly, I went in there and one session, I'm just bitching. I'm like, fuck this. This is not what I got into. And you know, this is lame as hell. And then she just looked at me and she's like, well, you're either going to do it or you're not. And you know, I was like, all right. So I'm right in the middle of it. Um, but again, bringing it back, I, these mega teams are not all they're cracked up to be. You know, it's uh, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors there, man. Yeah, some work, and I think some just do it to because it looks like the right thing to do, and they get yeah. into it, and they don't know how to manage. And it. they and what they do, and and there's nothing wrong with it, right? I mean, there there's there's all different types of approaches. They use it as platforms. They become OPs. They own Keller mm, Williams. Yeah. Uh, they start title, title companies. companies. Yeah. So that side of it, I see. But um, again, personally, from from a business plan perspective, I don't want to have to start, build, grow a business that's negative to start another business that's hopefully going to be positive. Right. And leadership good, mean and leadership that. means a lot to me. I don't give a shit who you are. You can't be that effective yeah. across the board to well, eight hundred people. What's beautiful too, right? Like it's your own, it's your own company, your own platoon, whatever, right? Like. Mm-hmm. You can do whatever you want because at the sure. end of the year, you're going to get a 1099 or K K1 or whatever, and yep. that's that. And if they do their thing and they go negative, mm-hmm. good, I guess, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I and always And there's joke, still so much more business to go around yeah. too. It's crazy. Well, and well said because um, that was one thing that was very enlightening to me when I came to Keller. Um, again, I some friends that are definitely mega agents, you know, bigger than us by probably 60, 70 million. And one day he said to me, he's like, how much market share do you think I have over here? And, you know, I was like, shit, you know, 85, 90. He's like 12 percent. Yeah, which is a lot. Yeah. But which is a lot. That's actually but huge. a ton left over. Yeah. yeah. Nobody tons. owns 100 yeah. percent of any market. Yeah. And no if you way. ever do then OK, fine. But you, yeah. if you're always growing your market and share. And if you do, you're right. the only one doing it. Right. Yeah. Someone's so you, on your heels. It's always. You know? Always. Yeah. It's a race. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So we do this thing called three questions on every okay. show. Uh, so they're all random that I make up in my head. And we're going to, the first one's always the same. It's, uh, this will go for you too, Ryan. You can, okay. you can, you can answer these. Uh, what scares you guys? What is the one thing that scares you the most? Being average. Okay. That's Fucking pretty good. Sucks. Yeah. Who wants to do that? I, uh, 
not to get all holy, but there there's a uh, uh, I don't even know what it's in, but I think it's Matthew, a Bible verse, and yeah. making a really long story short. Um, this guy owns a vineyard. He's about to leave, right? He gives 10,000 shekels to three different people. Shekels. And yeah. basically in, in this story, what, what happens, the, the first guy goes out and he buries it in the desert. Second guy goes out, only risks half. And then the last guy, he goes out and he risks everything. Guy comes back. Uh, you know, the one guy runs up to him, master, master, you know, I didn't lose any of your money. You know, I buried it in the ground. Oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Nothing happened. He kind of looks at him, kind of shakes his head. Second guy, master, master, I risked half. I didn't want to lose the other half, but, you know, I only risked half. I made a little bit more. And then the other guy, man, I risked it all. You know, you left and I tripled this. And uh, and then what the master at that time said, he told the other two to give them all his shit. And I think the moral of that story is just that this this life, it's a gift, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I think to not go after it and – Really try to reach your full capacity, not only in business and all things. Uh, what what a shame, man! To waste. You know, I'm 39 yeah. now, and yeah. fuck, I feel the window closing. You know, yeah. Like with jujitsu, I've been doing it 10 years. I'm like, man, I only got like a few years left. You know, yeah. but I, I can honestly tell you, I think I, I poured in all I could. So to answer it, yeah, just to be average and um, God, really not to hopefully harness what 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 the good Lord's given me. You know, yeah, that's pretty mm-hmm. sweet, man. That 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 is that is wild. Mm-hmm. Okay, what about you, Ryan? What Paul just realized I, he's I mean, dying. I, I know. I'm, like, really I'm, 39, too, I'm 39 uh, too. I'm like windows closing, and I don't you do just tell him that response. <laughs> I don't do Fuck, I'm dying too. <laughs> no, I was gonna say almost the exact same thing. Of course, um, you I would were. say not. Not be, well. I mean, um, if I wasn't, I am now. Yeah. But uh, no, I I would say uh, a little bit differently, but not reaching your full potential, which is yeah. basically the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, I won't top that explanation, so I'll just so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would just leave it at that. Yeah, he, like I said, personality wise, we're the same. So yeah, it makes sense. We have the same answer. So um, next question would be: if you could get in the ring with anybody, who would it be and why? Because obviously, you, ooh, yeah. Wait, what are the what are the terms in the ring? Is it boxing? Is it wrestling? Is no, it yeah, sparring mixed or martial or, or what full on it doesn't championship? Matter. It, it does matter. <laughs> He's got to fight someone in a ring somehow. Nah, I mean, look, man, this would be a short lived fight. Uh, <laughs> but if you're, at, I mean, man, I, I I wouldn't mind fighting Khabib. Oh, I mean, being bro. a jujitsu guy, I mean. I mean, he just the pounding. Is uh, yeah, he I wouldn't want that. So. <laughs> he well, that's it. I, I mean, I, I guess in reality, I should probably be saying someone I just know I'd stroke. Yeah, but, but, but no, I, I, you know, to feel that's. Like, I mean, he's yeah. he just pumps you for like yeah. five rounds. That's it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, he's he's. Uh, it's wild. I'd enjoy it. I enjoy the aspect. He's a he's a crazy fighter. Yeah, it's pretty wild. What about you, man? Oh man, because I know you do a little training. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. anybody? Um, <laughs> Conor McGregor. Why there not? you go. Why oh, not? He's a striker. I know a little bit of jujitsu. He's probably way better than me anyway. But he'd spin at least I could like say. <laughs> at least I could say he'd I, uh, pepper you with that left hand. <laughs> at least so. I could say <laughs> I got murdered by yeah. an all time fighter. That left hook would just gonna make big money. Yeah. He brings in the money. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody so. wants to see that one fight. No. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll get just pounded and yeah. paralyzed yeah. for a million. You'll find I'll tell you it. what, a couple mil, I, I could take a hell of an ass beating. I'll do yeah. I'll, I'll do yeah. quite a bit for a couple million. Yeah. Yeah, there's not much I won't do yeah. uh, if anybody <laughs> wants to pay me for anything. Yeah. Uh, so uh, next question would be, if you could live anywhere other than Michigan, where would it be and why? Wow. Um, so I lived in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would honestly tell you Michigan, man. And I yeah. know that sounds pretty fucked up. One, I, one, I hate traveling. Hate it. Yeah. You know, my wife's well-traveled, dude. You, like, you got to pull teeth to get me to Florida kind of thing. Yeah. Um, when I lived in Arizona, it actually made me really appreciate the Midwest. Yeah. Um, no knock on Arizona. It was amazing, but, you know, very transient. Um, 
I don't know. I like the core values here. I like the seasons. Um, the winter could be a little. Sh- I mean, the only other thing I, I could maybe say, and I've never been there, but uh, Colorado seems kind of my speed. It's you know, awesome. Denver. It's pretty badass. Well, Denver's and I love awesome. how sunny it is. Like I can do the winter here. I just don't like the gray. Um, yeah. Me and my wife are crunchy, outdoorsy kind of thing. Oh, you'd so, love Denver, dude. Yeah, so so it. there. Yeah. But I, I like where I'm. Seasons, snow, mm-hmm. summer. It's lakes. a pretty sweet place. It's blowing yeah, up mountains. Right now too. Sure, absolutely blowing and no up. No, bu- not really any bugs. You know, I mean, there are bugs, but it's like dry. Well, the mountains are yeah. so cool. This is really yeah. lame, but when I lived in Arizona in this section, when I started like in mixed martial arts and jujitsu and stuff, I used to jam. Born in the USA. <laughs> And I, I used to come out. Uh, I trained in Awatuki, and like the mountains there, I felt so fucking cool. Yeah, that's you know. Awesome. But there is there there uh, in where uh, in Arizona. Arizona. I okay. lived. Uh, I lived it's all over. Like Japan but I was in something. Maricopa. No, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm never getting on a plane to go there. <laughs> and, and to where? I digress. But why don't they improve Awatuki, traveling? I thought it was like Japan. Oh, no. Improve traveling? Yeah. I mean, come on, man. Rocket ships, and it takes me seven hours, twelve no. hours. No way. I'm signing up for that, man. Yeah, I so, mean, yeah, it's good. Sorry, I, yeah. I, but it's to answer point. it, I love yeah. where I'm at, Michigan. If I had to pick somewhere else, I'd say Colorado. Oh, there's some pretty badass flights that you could take over to China and Japan. Where Chinese air, yeah, the airlines out there. Yeah. You, the get, you, get, you, get, stuff. you get like a suite, like you could take a shower what on the plane. was that plane where like, oh, the dude, front of the plane dipped flight. down? It was like a... The Concorde. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty wild. Uh, Ryan? Uh, I'd say Costa Rica. Costa Rica. Nice. Beaches, surfing, it's the jungle. Wild town. Have you man. ever been to Costa Rica? <laughs> I haven't. No, it's, it's oh, you don't, wild. you've never been. I've never been. You'll change uh, your mind quickly when you Sal go. went. Uh, it was it, pretty intense. It's an intense. It's, it's but yeah, it's, intense uh, in which way? Uh, we'll talk to you after the show. <laughs> yeah, we can't. I mean, it's I've, been to the, I've been to the Philippines. It's Latin so America, sure dude. It could be any crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm really hoping Sal gets married so he can do his uh, bachelor party. No, there. man, no. I'm not. I'm probably not going back. It was cool though. However, listen, like. Uh, so we started in the beach, Chaco Beach, Wild Town, um, and that's all I say about that. Sure, it's wild down there. But the uh, we got rented this little Suzuki, right? And give you a fucking Tom Tom or whatever they call them, mm-hmm. and drive like six hours to a volcano, dude. And like you're going through these like towns where like you you really do like get some perspective of like holy shit, we live a pretty like, good life. We yeah, think, you know people talk shit about Detroit, and you're like. No man, first world like, problems. People are literally yeah. like sleeping on like mats right. and shit, right? right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, you go through and do it was like it was crazy. So you, you know, we ended like in a, this volcano like in this like unsafe sort of feeling, or kind of man. I mean, you're sitting there and you watch Narcos like two weeks before you went, <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> think, you, you know, you think like you're gonna get stopped at this like uh, checkpoint and they're just gonna like. Light you up, you know. My, my you watched, brother went. Everyone that. was really nice. You, you know? watch Narcos Rica. before you go, and you still bring your Rolex with you. <laughs> I did not. No, but he did not. That was a whole different. That, that was, oh, that was a different. Trip. This was years oh, ago. That was but New it, Orleans. Uh, it was honestly, it was a fun, uh, fun experience. It was, it was cool. Yeah, my my brother went there, and uh, my brother's well traveled. But I, and I love him if he's listening. But he's an idiot traveler, <laughs> and he, him, and his girl rented a car. Yeah. And and I don't know much about Costa Rica, but yeah, they were on the beach and went to the other side or something. They yeah. drove through the jungle. Yeah. He was telling me stories, checkpoints. And oh, shit. getting in there and seeing fucking luggage being pulled out and I'm like, What'd yeah. you do? He's like, As soon as I got there, I drove through. I'm like, Well, how you know, how how would have that worked? I mean, you know, machine guns and all that stuff. So, Dude, it's yeah, it's yeah. I'm good, man. I I, 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 I like can't my regiment. No one could speak mm-hmm. Spanish either. Okay. That's like another fucked up part. We're yeah, like three crash test dummies driving around in a Suzuki. Like, 
Hey, hey, yeah. where, where's McDonald's? Right. So you imagine like, if you broke down, you'd be like, uh, what would you <laughs> do? We did break down. You did? Yeah, wow. the, the battery died. We left the dome light on. And what? <laughs> we took his jumper cables and accidentally crossed them. Oh, oh, they lit on fire. Sounds All like right. a start of a movie. He's like, man, and we we That's... found his uh, place later and gave him a case of beer. Was... There you go. Cerveza. Right. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, listen, uh, guys, really appreciate you having me on the – What? Yeah. Was that three? Yep. That was yeah. three. Oh, damn. Yeah. You yeah, want, yeah. Do you have an extra one you want to No, I just thought fire. it was a little coming. <laughs> running out of time. So, uh, Thanks. My bad. That's why I, I, was, I was enthralled in the questions. I forgot how many there were. Yeah. There you go. Um, so thank you for being on the show. Obviously, yeah, I pleasure, mean, you guys uh, were awesome. Can you tell the audience how they can get a hold of you if they need to, to reach out? Sure. A- anything you need, obviously, real estate oriented, you know, buy, sell, invest, even rent. Um, you can reach us at 248-563-9449. Again, 248-563-9449. We're all over social media. You can just look us up on uh, Facebook as well as Instagram mm-hmm. and then our website. It's under construction now, but should be done in a few months. Uh, Stranskincompany.com. Perfect. And if you need a stellar agent, I call Ryan at 734-926-6097. Do you have an email address? Uh, it's changing. <laughs> <laughs> it's called growth, baby. Run, run. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just call or text him. Say your number over time then. 734-926-6097. All right, guys. I wish you all the best. Uh, we'll, we'll have you on again. God awesome. bless. We'll see you guys soon. Awesome. Thanks, guys. All right, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Inside Real Estate, the nation's top real estate podcast. Don't forget to follow us at irepodcast.com and everywhere where podcasts are available. 